You need to listen through the noise and find that soft, still voice that says that I am God and that I am still here. I've been here for you all of this time and I'll continue to be here for you. So stop listening to all the noise in life. Stop listening to all the noise that's in your head and begin to listen for that soft, still voice that says that I am God. Welcome to Wesley Amazon Church where we're working the vineyard through faith, worship, witness, and service. Sometimes we find ourselves dealing with the challenges of life and we just find ourselves in a bad space. Well, today Pastor Jones shares a message of how to come out of those bad spaces in life. Let's go into the message. Amen, amen, amen. If you would turn your attention again to 1 Kings chapter 19. And while you're finding that, uh, again, we want to acknowledge our missionary supervisor, not of our area, but she is a great missionary supervisor in her own right. And in, in the absence of her husband, uh, Bishop Starnes, we greet our missionary supervisor, Sister Camille Starnes, and to Reverend Wanda Cuthbertson, and to Reverend Alicia Courtney, and Sister Taisha Cuthbertson, and to all of the officers and family and friends of Wesley AME Zion Church. Uh, I don't know if you believe me yet, but we are part of something special. Amen. You are a special people. And God is and going to use us for a special work. Amen. 1 Kings chapter 19. And when you found that, I want to begin reading at verse 9. 1 Kings chapter 19, beginning at verse 9. If you have it, say amen. amen. It reads, And there he went into a cave and spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? So he said, I have been very zealous for you, Lord, for the Lord, God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left and they seek to take my life. Then he said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord and behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. So it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. Suddenly, a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, I have been, I've been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts because the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. And I alone am left, and they seek to take 
my life. Then the Lord said to him, go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, anoint Ahaziel as king of, over Syria. Also, also you shall anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, as the king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphan, of Abel-Meholiah, you shall anoint as prophet in your place. It shall be that whoever escapes the sword of Haziel, Jehu will kill. And whoever escapes the sword of Jehu, Elisha will kill. Yet I have reserved 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. Amen. 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 The word of God for the people of God. I want to share this morning from the subject of getting out of a bad space. Getting out of a bad space. Let us pray. Gracious Father, we come now into your presence and we ask God that you would anoint us afresh. God, we stand in need of a word from you. So I pray now, God, that you would fill me afresh with your Holy Spirit. Anoint me afresh, O oh God, from the crown of my head to the tip of my toes, O oh God. And then, I, God, I pray that you would anoint your people afresh. They, they might receive a word from you. And God, especially this day, I pray that you'd open our ears and help us to listen. Open our eyes for we want to see Jesus. Then open our hearts that we might receive him. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Blessed Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Getting out of a bad space. Every now and then when we go through things in life, they will put us in some uncomfortable positions. We will find ourselves going from one extreme to the other sometimes. And we find ourselves going through it. And sometimes we find ourselves going through it even in our own heads. And when others around us start to notice it, we simply tell them, I'm in a bad space right now. Or we say that I'm in a bad head space. In this statement, we acknowledge that there's something is wrong and that we are not functioning in a normal or rational way. In our inner thought process, we began to throw terms around like, I can't do this. This is not worth it. Why am I even trying? I should just give up. Basically bombarding ourselves with negative thoughts. It is through these thoughts that we are looking for permission to give up. We are looking for permission to run away. What caused the thoughts? What, was, what has you in this space? And to be honest with you, the last couple of weeks, I've been struggling when it comes to the word. And, and I've struggled to the point that all week long I'm praying, all week long I'm looking, all week long I'm petitioning God. And, and it seems like nothing. And even this week I was facing that same struggle. And as I began to continue to work on a sermon that I started two weeks ago and only to find out that that wasn't the sermon either. 
But as I heard, not only my wife and as I heard some others this morning, God let me know why I couldn't use that message that I had been praying for, preparing for two weeks. But even as he gave me this one, I was like, well, why? But now I know. Because sometimes, and I've been there too, that sometimes we can get in a bad space. And when we're in that bad space, we can't seem to do anything but heap more negative thoughts upon us one after another. And if we're not careful, we've already convinced ourselves that it's not worth it. And this is where I believe many people get into a bad space. And because they never come out of the bad space, they desire to take their lives. Even if we look at the text, I believe that this prophet Elijah was in that space. Mm-hmm. He, he no longer wanted to function. He no longer wanted to live. Mm-hmm. But I, I began to look at the text and I began to understand that 18 comes before 19. And, and in chapter 18, Elijah does some great things. Mm-hmm. And Elijah is very bold in chapter 18. And in chapter 18, he he confronts the prophets of of Baal and he begins to tell the people of Israel that you got to make up your mind what God you're going to serve. You got to make up your mind. How long will you waver between two gods? And then he begins to challenge the prophets of Baal and he begins to challenge them in a way that he says that we will put two offerings together and we'll see who God answers first. Now, if that isn't a confident person, I don't know a confident person that I've ever run into. And as he makes this appeal to these prophets and he begins to tell them that you can go first. And as they began to call upon their God and it says even as they began to beat upon themselves to the point that they draw blood and he begins to mock them. And I began to ask the question, how can Elijah go from having this type of confidence, having this type of mindset. And if you thought he wasn't really confident, I believe he borderline on being cocky because he then tells them after they failed, he says, now take the offering that I have and pour water upon it. Then he said, now do it again and do it again. And to the point that it says the, there's a trough now around the offering that Elijah intends to set on fire. Hallelujah. And if you know the story, he, he calls upon his God. The same God that we serve. The same God that we call upon. And his God sends fire. And it says that it not only set the offering on fire, but it licked up all of the water that was in the trenches. How can this same man be the same man we're talking about in chapter 19? When we get to chapter 19, he's on the run from Jezebel because she sent word to him. He didn't even see her face to face. There wasn't really no attempt at that time, but it was just a word sent by messenger that said, by this time tomorrow, if you're not dead. And it says Elijah runs because he's afraid. And as he runs, he finds himself in this bad space. But as I look at his story, I realize that that is probably something that we are familiar with. 
Many of us have found ourselves in a bad space. Many of us have found ourselves running in fear. Many of us have found ourselves giving up and throwing up our hands when we should stand and fight. Many of us have found ourselves in the same bad space that Elijah finds himself in. And if we tell the truth, many of us have acted the same way that he did. Mm -hmm. He went somewhere and sat up under a tree and just desired to check out. He went somewhere and it said he went into the cave and he laid down and went to sleep. Many of us have responded that same way. Many of us have responded with that same give up mentality. Many of us have responded with that same mentality of just going somewhere and letting it all go. But I'm here to tell you today that you can't come out of that bad space. You see, it's in your head. It's your space. You get to decide what's good and what's bad. You get to decide if you're going to stay in the good or you're going to stay in the bad. You get to decide that. Don't let somebody else decide for you. Don't let your circumstances decide for you. Don't let the negative thoughts that bombard your head decide for you what space you're going to stay in. And as I look at this text, one of the ways that I find that we can get out of this bad space is we got to do just like God did to Elijah. What am I doing here? When we look at the text, it tells us that at least twice God asked Elijah, what are you doing here? We got to be real with ourselves and confront ourselves and say, what am I doing here? How did I get here? Amen. Many of you know that song. Amen. How did, as it says in the song, how did you get here? Because you're not supposed to be here. You got to say the same thing to yourself. How did I get here? Because you're not supposed to be here. I'm a child of God. I'm not supposed to be in a bad space. I'm a child of God. I'm not supposed to have my mind going one way and then turning to go the other way and then only turning to go back the other way that it just came from. I'm a child of God. I'm not supposed to be in a bad space. As a child of God, we're supposed to help people to come out of bad space. We're not supposed to be in bad spaces ourselves. But if you look throughout scripture, you'll find person after person who found themselves in a bad space. But they came out of their bad space because many of them confronted themselves and said, what am I doing here? And if you notice, Elijah cried out to God in that fourth verse and he, and he began to say, God, will you just basically take me out of here? Mm-hmm. He wanted to die, but, but God came. Hallelujah. And brought him strength. Thank you, Jesus. And in case you missed it, it said that as he cried out to God and he sat up under a tree and he fell off to sleep, probably wishing he would never wake up again. It said that the Lord sent his angel and said, wake up, Elijah. Yeah. Rise up and eat. Yes. And then he went back to sleep and he sent the angel again and said, wake up, Elijah. Rise up and eat. While we try to give up, God sends strength our way. When we try to operate in weakness, God sends strength our way. We find our strength to leave the bad space because of God. We find in God that we have the strength to get out of this place that we find ourselves in. And understand this. At the beginning of his journey, it was something that he decided. It said he became afraid and he ran off. But aren't you glad when God takes over your journey? Hallelujah. 
when God takes over your journey, he ran out of fear, but then God shows up and begins to strengthen him. And then God says, strengthening you for the journey. Mm -hmm. Oh, God Almighty. Hallelujah. Y'all get that later. He started his own journey, but then God took over his journey. And when God took over his journey, God took over his journey and began to feed him to give him strength for the journey that he was going to put him on. And as God put him on a journey, he said that he traveled for 40 days and for 40 nights. And when God got through with him, he put him in the place that he wanted him to be. But you got to start by asking yourself, what am I doing here? And when God got through taking over his journey. See, sometimes we're so weak that God has to come in and take over our journey. We get so caught up in our own thinking. We get so caught up in our own understanding. But you got to do like Elijah. He cried out to God for one thing, but God gave him what he needed. I'm so glad that God always gives me what I need. And not necessarily what I want, but what I need. And in that moment, God knew that what he needed was strength to take a different journey. He needed strength for the journey that was going to take him out of this bad space. So we start by saying, what am I doing here? And then I began to see in our text, it helps me to understand we got to deal with the facts that have us there. Yeah. Yeah. When God says, what are you doing here? And if you notice, Elijah gave the same answer. Yeah. I've been zealous for you, God. Mm -hmm. I, I, I've, I've been doing everything you asked me to do. I've done it with the passion. I've, I, I've preached and, I, and I've taught. With all that was in me, God. But all your children do is forsake the covenant. They've torn down the altars. They, they, they began to kill the prophets with the sword. And I'm alone. I'm the only one that's left. Sometimes when we confront it with failure and rejection, it will begin to do something to us. And if you face failure and rejection enough, it will begin to make you think you are a failure. Mm -hmm. But when Elijah begins to tell God that, God, I, I've been zealous for you. Yeah. I, I've been a passionate about what I've done in your name. But the only thing that happens to me is I find myself being confronted with these children of Israel who are forsaking your covenant. Mm -hmm. The one thing he said he didn't do, he didn't say he did, was that he forsook the covenant. But when we are in this bad space, we got to first of all make sure that we're not forsaking the covenant of God and don't let the re rejection and the failure tell you that you can't come out of this space. Yes, I've been through rejection in my life. Yes, I've been through failure in my life. But I'm so glad that I didn't hold on to the rejection and the failure and allow it to keep me in a bad space. Yes. So I'm here to encourage you this morning. Don't let rejection and failure keep you in a bad space. Hallelujah. Rejection comes, yes, and failure comes. But when rejection comes, that just means, as we always say, when God closes one door, he's opening another. If God can keep me through a failure, he can really keep me as I come out of this bad place. And I ought to know, I'm always a failure without God. If I learn to trust in God, then I could be successful. The more I lean on God's everlasting arm, the more successful I'll be. The, but the more I rely on me, the more of a failure that I'll be. That's why I've got to learn to lose myself in him. Yes. As long as Elijah was sticking with God and he was confident in God, he was a strong man of God. Mm -hmm. But the minute he began to rely on himself mm -hmm. is where he started to yeah. get in trouble. Yeah. 
but not only he had rejection and failure, but there were some rough conditions in his life. God, these people are not only forsaking the covenant, but God, they're tearing down the altars. In other words, they're destroying worship. One of the things that has us in a bad space oftentimes is when the enemy destroys our worship. Hallelujah. I know so many times you, you might have heard me say it even a few times, but don't let things keep you from worship. Yes. Yeah. Don't let things stop you from worship. Yeah. And even as I said in the, the funeral uh, yesterday, and I'll be real with you. I've even often had the thoughts about even when my own mother passes. Mm -hmm. That preaching her funeral. Yeah. Because part of me says nobody can tell it. Like I can tell it. Nobody can tell the experiences that I've gone through with her. But I know that that will be a tough task. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that's not something she wants to think about or everybody else wants to think about. But how can I tell people and keep telling people when you're going through troubles and trials and tribulations that you ought to be in the house of God. But then the moment I face a trouble, trial or tribulation, I get missing. Elijah has been telling people that. God is the way and that God is the one that you need to stick with and that God is the one that did. even in chapter 18 he said you got to make a choice between God which God will you serve yeah. Yeah. the God that was on the other side of the flood or the God that sits in heaven which God will you serve mm -hmm. but then when trouble comes his way he turns and runs mm -hmm. If I tell you to come in the midst of strife and trouble, then I want to be able to come in the midst of strife and troubles. But his feelings cause him to feel alone. When I look at the text, it tells me that he made the final words every, after every time God asked him, what are you doing here? His final words are, I am left alone and they seek to kill me too. What happens is we get in this bad space, we start to feel like, we're by ourselves. Yeah. The enemy wants you to feel like you're by yourself. The enemy will tell you that you're by yourself. But you're never alone when God is in your life. You're never alone when God is on your side. We need the presence of the Lord to pass by. I'm so glad that he told him to go out on that mountain and stand there, Elijah. And as you go out there on that mountain, I'm going to pass by. It reminds me of what he did with, with Moses in the book of Exodus when, when Moses found himself saying, God, I need to see your glory. And God says, you can't handle seeing my glory, but I'll tell you what you do. If you go out there and you hide, your, hide yourself in the cleft of the rock, I'll let you see my afterglow. As I pass by, you can see the brightness of my afterglow. You can see the brightness of the glory that I leave behind. And Elijah gets to see the same thing. Elijah here is now finding himself on the mountaintop and God says let me show you my glory. And God begins to send a, a strong wind and the wind comes his way but he says God wasn't in the wind. Then the earthquake comes and he says that God wasn't in the earthquake and the fire comes but he said God wasn't in the fire. But then a small Steel voice 
comes and Elijah wraps his face in his mantle because he recognizes the voice of God. Mm. Hallelujah. And one of the reasons that we're in this bad space is because we stop recognizing the voice of God. Yeah. Because had we recognized the voice of God, the voice of God would have told us we're in the wrong place. Yeah. The voice of yeah. God would have told us yeah. we've got to get up from here. Yeah. The voice of God would have said, you don't need to sit under this tree and wish for death. You need to get up and be about your father's business. <laughs> God was not in the noise of life. And in case you haven't realized it yet, there's some noise in your life and it's speaking loudly. There's some noise in your life, but God is not in the noise. You need to listen through the noise and find that soft, still voice that says that I am God and that I am still here. I've been here for you all of this time and I'll continue to be here for you. So stop listening to all the noise in life. Stop listening to all the noise that's in your head and begin to listen for that soft, still voice that says that I am God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. Thank you, Lord. There's too much noise in our lives. We need to listen for that soft, still voice and know that he is God. But I like what God did for him next. When we get out of this bad space, it says, go back to the point you got off track. Notice what God tells him in part A of verse 15. Said, then the Lord said to him, go and return to your return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. In another version, it says, go back to where you came from. You got to go back to where you got off track. It's good for us to ask ourselves, what are we doing here? It's good for us to deal with the facts. But then we got to go back. Where did we get off track? What got me off course? What, what made me come out here in this wilderness? He allowed the voice of the enemy inside of his head. His enemy said that I'm going to kill you as soon as I catch up with you. If I don't catch up with you by this time tomorrow and you're not dead, then may something worse happen to me. The enemy can speak so loudly to us sometimes that he begins to deceive us into making the think that he has more power than God. And in case you haven't noticed this before, God has no equal. There is nobody equal with God. I know too many times we try to say that the opposite of God is the devil, but the devil is not the opposite of God. God has no equal. And if my God has no equal, that means there's nobody on his power level. There's nobody on his love level. There's nobody on his grace level. There's nobody on his mercy level. And since there's nobody on his level, I don't have to worry because he's in my life. And if he's in my life, no matter what the enemy is saying in my head, I've got to learn to convince myself that God is greater than any enemy that I could ever come up against. I believe it says it this way. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. When I understand that, there is a greater power on the inside of me. There's a greater force on the inside of me than is out there in that world. The world will speak loudly to you. The world will speak voiceously to you. But you got to remind yourself that greater is the God that's down on the inside of me. Greater is that spirit that is down on the inside of me. Then he understand. He, he let his fear. He let his fear move in on him. His fear broke his fellowship with God. You see, sometimes we can allow things to break our fellowship with God. And when we allow those things to break our fellowship with God, we, we find ourselves now searching for God. Or we find ourselves not searching for God. If we're searching for God, we're on our way to recovery. But if we're not searching for God, we're just waiting to flatline. We've got to learn to 
Search for God. Don't let your voices of the enemy come in. Don't let fear come in. And this is on the heels of a great victory. Sometimes God will use us greatly. But don't stay on the mountaintop too long. Because sometimes we get on the mountaintop and, and we stay up there too long that we forget to go back to our secret place. We forget to go back to our closet and get the strength that we need. We forget to go back and spend a little time with the Father that we might replenish our strength, that we might regain the courage, and we might regain all that we stand in need of as we go out into this world that we live in. But I got to learn to go back and find out where did I get off track? Yeah. How did I get to this space? Where did I make the mistake of leaving the fellowship of God. And lastly, it says that in verses 15b through 18, he says, we've got to purge the evil influence. Mm. Yes, yes. If you notice in that final section, the close of verse 15 to verse 18, God tells him to re-engage in ministry. And he tells him to go and anoint Haziel. And he tells him to go and anoint Jehu. And he tells him to go and anoint Elisha. We've got to learn to re-engage in the work of God. And as we re-engage in the work of God, we've got to understand the work is not done. Too many times we think the work is over. And let me help you out here. If you're not doing the work, it's going to still get done. Amen. I know you might think you're the only one. I know you might think that the kingdom is going to fall without you, but... If you fall, the kingdom will still stand. If you fall, the kingdom will still go on. If you fall, somebody else will just pick up the mantle and keep the work going. But if we look at the text, it tells us that he anointed. He told him to go and anoint three people to continue the ministry. He told him to anoint three people. Then the final one, he said, anointed. He said, that's the one that's going to take your place. Hallelujah. But notice what he says. He said, anoint them that they might go out. But notice what it says. And the king, as the king over Israel, Elisha, son of Shaphat, the Abel, Meholah, you shall anoint him as king, the prophet of the palace. And he shall, whoever escapes the sword of Haziel, Jehu will kill. And whoever escapes the sword of Jehu, Elisha will kill. What is he saying? He's saying you got to deal with. The false worship. Mm -hmm. you got to deal with the evil influence that is out there. Mm -hmm. And notice what he says. There are three levels of defense that God gives him. He says if Haziel, if they escape him, then I got Jehu to catch all that escape him. And if they escape Jehu, I got Elisha, Elisha the prophet that will take your place. He will take care of the rest. Hallelujah. When we understand that God gives us direction and not only gives us direction, but he gives us direction so that we can take care of the evil influence that is out there in this world. But we start by dealing with the evil influence that is in our own lives that get us out of the bad space. And when we get out of the bad space, then we can go out into the world and begin to deal with the evil influence that is out there. Why do you have you in this bad place in the first place? Because the enemy knows if I can get inside of your head and if I can keep you in this bad head space, then you'll never go out and anoint anybody to do the work of the kingdom. You'll never go out and do the work of the kingdom yourself. But you'll be so stuck on trying to get out of this bad space. Or maybe if I get you just right, you won't be trying to get out, but you'll be stuck in this bad space and you'll be such having a pity party worrying about who's against you and worrying about what's not going right in your life and worrying about how you 
you've been got here, but you just want to stay here in this bad space. But if I can ever get you to get up out of that bad space, I can get you to go back and re-engage in ministry and go back and continue the work that I've called you to. Then you'll go out and because I sent you out and you go out and re-engage in the ministry, you'll begin to do the work of the kingdom. And as you do the work of the kingdom, you deal with the evil influence that is out in the world. And as you deal with the evil influence that's out in the world, you'll wind up killing those false idols. You'll wind up killing the false teaching. You'll wind up dealing with the things that are leading my people astray. But don't get caught up because you're not alone. And God closes and it's, I found it kind of strange that he said, yet I have 7,000 that have not bowed the knee. While Elijah thought he was the only one, God said, I got 7,000 that have not bowed the knee. You feel like you're by yourself, but you've got help. You feel like you're by yourself, but there's somebody working with you. You, you feel like you're by yourself, and maybe you don't see the 7,000, but all you got to know is, I'm with you. All you got to know is that I'm right here by your side. All you got to know is that I'm ready to take you out of this bad space anytime you're ready. But understand, as I said in the beginning, it's your choice. You don't have to be in this space. It's your choice. You don't have to make up your bed here in this place and have a continuous place here in this dead space, in this bad space. But you can get up out of this space and move on to what I've got in store for you if you would just get up from here and go about my father's business and purge the evil out of your life and Purge the evil out of this world. Purge the evil influence that is going around you. Purge the evil influence that is in the world. And when you do this, you'll find yourself moving to a good space in life. And when you come out of the bad space, you can tell somebody else how to come out of the bad space. When you get that bad space out of your head, you can tell somebody else how to get it out of their head. Maybe you've gone through a bout of depression and you can tell somebody else how to make it through. And they didn't give me some pills to make it through, but I called on the name of Jesus. I called on the name of Jesus. And he brought me through this bad space. I believe I looked at Jesus' life. He was in a bad space one time, but he found himself in a garden of Gethsemane. And really what he asked himself is, what am I doing here in this garden of Gethsemane? And he began to confront the facts of his life and said, I've been sent here to do the father's business. And because I've been sent here to do the father's business, I got to get up out of this graveyard. I got to get up out of this garden and I got to go on and do my father's business. Yes, he found it difficult. He found himself going back and find out where the track got off at. And he said, I got to go back to where my father's called me to. And I got to go back and go the father's business. That means I got to go to this cross called Calvary. And as I go to Calvary, I'll take care of the sins of all of mankind, doing my father's work, doing my father's bidding. And I'm purging the world of the evil and the sin. As I die on this cross at Calvary, I'm taking away the evil influence. I'm taking away the power and the authority of evil in the life of my believers. I'm taking away that power but if you trust in me and if you believe in me and if you accept my son Jesus Christ as Lord and as Savior you too can be delivered out of this bad space in life maybe you're in a bad space today you can be set free maybe you're in a bad space today you can come out it's your choice you don't have to stay there you can come out of this bad space don't let the enemy keep you in a bad space in life make up your mind that you're getting up from there and that you're going to be about your father's business make up your mind that you're getting out of the bad space. Go back to the place you got off track and make sure that you're back on track as you go about your father's business. Yes. You have a choice in the matter. Don't let the enemy talk you into staying in a bad space in life. Yes. 
you have a choice in the matter. Make the decision. And I believe as he challenged them in the previous chapter, choose this day. Make a decision in your mind who you're going to serve. How long will we falter between two gods? Make up our minds. And I believe when you choose God, you'll find yourself ready to leave that bad space in life. Well, Jones, I've been choosing God. Have you chosen fully? Have you made every decision about God? Sometimes that's how we get in our bad spaces in life. We made life more about us. We made life more about what we desire and what we want. And when we're disappointed because we don't get what we desire and what we wanted, we start finding ourselves having a pity party. And we get in these bad spaces in life. And as a result, we start being depressed. And if we're not careful, depression can lead you into some dangerous places. Make up your mind today that I'm no longer going to be in a bad space in life. God will strengthen you. The presence of the Lord has passed by today to say, get up. Get up and live life. Get up and live and, and be of good influence in this world. Get up and go about your father's business. Thank you for tuning in today. We pray that this message was a blessing to you. If it was, drop us an email at wesleyonmain at yahoo.com. That's wesleyonmain at yahoo.com to let us know how this message has touched your life. Until next time, God bless.